<laughs> Making the world a better place, <laughs> one show at a time. The George Wilder Jr. Show is now, the George Wilder Jr. Show is now on the air. <laughs> All right. This is Chicago's finest internet radio show, making a world a better place, one show at a time. The George Water Jr. Show is now on the air. Take it away, Dad. All right, welcome to the Water Jr. Show, broadcasting live from Chicago. And it is beautiful. It is daylight. Thanks for being listening. Thanks for speaking around. Thanks for tuning in. You didn't have to do this. If you can't listen to the show, you can always podcast podcast it. Excuse me, can you say it? Can't even say it. Podcast it because it will be uh, available later. So that's one of the things I love about internet radio is that uh, if you can't listen now, if you can't listen live, you can listen to the show later on. It's there. It's always going to be there. You can take those links and, and put them on your website. Um, and you will always have uh, the show there for your listening pleasure. Anyway, welcome to the George Wilder Jr. Show. Anything goes at this point, at the starting of this point. Who knows what's going to happen as we progress on into the George Wilder Jr. Show. And, I wanna, and this is, um, it's spring. <laughs> I like winter, though. I mean, we, we're freezing our asses off here. But, you know, a lot of people in other parts of the United States, they have great weather. I've talked to some of these people online. Great, great weather. I I don't know. But I was talking to some folks today that I met today. I've never seen them before, but we were talking. And uh, we had some things in common, especially Chicago's weather. And I wanted to say, but I didn't. I want, I just listened to them talk mostly. I wanted to say that spring, summer, winter, fall, in the city of Chicago and some, place, and some other places around the United States, you can't tell them apart anymore. You can't. I mean, you just throw your hands up and just, you know, uh, uh, accept anything that comes. Because, you know, I think Stevie Wonder said it once that, uh, uh, or he may have said it once in one of his songs. Um, and uh, you can't really tell the difference anymore. You know, I mean, it's... it's at the uh, broadcast of this show, this is spring, March, spring, 2018. Uh, it's election night in the city of Chicago, but it's cold. And, uh, and a lot of people always feel that if it's cold on election night, a lot of people are going to stay home. But I don't know about that. People are very, very enthusiastic. They are very enthusiastic about voting. They want to vote. They want their voices heard. They want to get out here and change a lot of this garbage that's going on in our government. 
they want to change it because they know that sitting back and doing nothing, things are only going to get worse in terms of uh, governing by some of these jackasses that we have in office. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it's cold in Chicago on this day. I can't speak for tomorrow or next week, but I'm just speaking for, for now. I'm pretty sure it's going to get better. And and some of the young ladies, they can't wait to here and show off their clothes. They use they, they use their bodies as um, like decorating ornaments or decorating a tree. They decorate themselves, and they want they want to show that that off. Even some of the guys. I mean, we want to get out here too, and uh, you know, we're tired of wearing big coats and boots and skull caps and earmuffs. <laughs> we want to get out here and take it off. Uh, well, n- not in that sense, you know, not in that sense, but we want to be able to be able, you know, to walk comfortably down the street in shorts or something like that, or T-shirt, you know, cap, you know, uh, spring spring type attire, okay? You're listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show, and we are uh, we are ecstatic about being here. We I love doing the show, and this is, I think this will be the 500th show so far. The 500th show that I've done, produced, and directed, the 500th uh, show. And that's, however, that's not uh, increased because I, I believe I've done over seven or 800, but I deleted some of the shows because of, you know, for this or that, you know, some of them were deleted early on. But, you know, I've stopped deleting my shows. I just say, hey, wow, whatever's there. It's there, regardless of the, the, the content or regardless of, of uh, technical difficulties, it's out there. All right, uh, let's move right along. Ben Carson, one of Donald Trump's cabinet picks, Ben Carson, uh, he, he's now, we've all heard about, most of us, uh, Ben Carson spending $31, $31,000, excuse me, $31,000 on a dining set purchase for HUD office, housing, urban, and development, you know, taxpayer money. And now Ben Carson is blatantly blaming it on his wife. You know, I mean, his wife is not in charge. I mean, how would he give it? That sounds stupid. He's blaming this on his wife because he's feeling a lot of heat. So he has to throw it somewhere else because he knows that Donald Trump is very upset about that. The taxpayers are very upset about that. And he knows Donald Trump, when Donald Trump gets in a firing <laughs> mood, he could be out of there. So he blames it on his wife, which is pathetic, as if his wife has access to uh, taxpayer dollars, wasting or stealing. And basically, that's what Donald Trump and his and his goons have been doing, stealing taxpayer money and then giving some weak excuse when their asses are when their asses get caught. And a lot of them are, are doing it right now. I mean, everything they're doing, uh, hotels, uh, airlines, you name it, cab, cab rides or whatever, uh, it's it's. They're uh, misusing and abusing taxpayer dollars, and they feel that they should get away with it. They're not spending their own personal money, and they may not have any. Who knows? But 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 I'm hearing that all of Donald Trump's cabinet members are supposed to be millionaires, or if not billionaires, even if they don't know what the hell they're doing. 
Ben Carson don't know what he's doing. Uh, Betty, Betty DeVos, as we all know, with that sickly interview that she gave to 60 Minutes and cold stares that she's getting from Congress, she doesn't know what she's doing. She never knew what she was doing, but they love power. Donald Trump doesn't know much of what he's doing and what what he's doing and, and a lot of things that Donald Trump is, is saying and, and talking about he's being fed that from people around him. He's being fed what he can do, what the presidents do. They, you know, but Donald Trump is going to be Donald Trump. Um, um, he now says he's not going to fire Mueller, as if, if, as if that was the first thing that ever came out of his mouth. The first thing that ever came out of his mouth that this uh, this investigation is a witch hunt. It should be stopped. Uh, it never should have been started. Uh, his lawyer came out and said stop this investigation to the world and his lawyer his lawyer now saying that he was speaking for himself and not for his client donald trump give me a break anytime a lawyer speaks uh, he speaks for his client uh these people lie they lie they think we're stupid they think we can't recognize a lie when we hear it um as long as Donald Trump feels Donald Trump doesn't want to lose his job, he doesn't want to go to jail, so he will do anything and say anything to try to stay uh, out of handcuffs. But I, I, I doubt that. I really doubt if he can really do that. It, it is tough for him. I, I think the best thing that Donald Trump could do, folks, is resign. Because resigning, I mean, it will... Um, save a lot of taxpayer money it will save a lot of uh hearings and and course court cost and and uh repeals and all this kind of thing uh i, I just think he should resign I, I i don't think donald trump has anywhere to go i mean he's being hit from all sides i just heard that a third woman has come forward uh saying that she wants to get out of her disclosure agreement with him because she wants to be able to talk about their relationship i believe it 2006 2007 along with stormy daniels stormy daniels a porn star who also accused donald trump of molesting her uh, and that and she wants to get out of her disclosure agreement she has taken a polygraph test and it has come back that she's telling the truth about their relationship and there's a third lady uh, I've always said this, that Donald Trump was paying these people off. He was, pl- he's paying, he was, he's paying them off and he's still probably paying them off to keep them, uh, 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 under him with these disclosure contracts. Uh, this, uh, this, these contracts are just shut up. Don't say nothing kind of contracts. I'm paying you to be quiet. I'm paying you not to say anything. That's what these contracts are about. And a lot of these women are saying, hey, uh, uh, we want to get out from one of these contracts because we want to tell everything we know about Donald Trump. And Donald Trump is saying, uh, no, you can't get out from one of these uh, uh, contracts, even though he denies everything. He denies everything. He's saying they're lying. He just, but yet he will not... Um, uh, forfeit their contracts, their, their disclosure con- uh, contracts to not say anything. So there's many, many women that are going to be coming out uh, soon. Uh, there's only three so far now. But a lot of the women who aren't, who are not coming out, it's just like I just got the three. 
to sin. They're under a hush-hush uh, uh, agreement um, under Donald Trump. Donald Trump pays these women off. He pays them off. He says, hey, sound it. You, here's $150,000. Uh, sign this contract that you ain't going to say anything about this. You're not going to mention it. You know, and, and after a while, they say nothing, but then they're saying that they want to get out of their contract. You can get out of a contract like that. And, and, and legally, and these women, they, they, um, they have lawyers just like Donald Trump had lawyers. You know, so what's right is right, and what's wrong is wrong. And once again, Ben, Car- ben Carson blames his wife, saying his wife stole $30,000, $31,000, not him. And he, even though he's the head of the, the HUD office, the HUD uh, cabinet, he doesn't know what he's doing. All right, Donald Trump loses bid to dismiss former apprentice contest defamation suit. This man got sh- crap coming from him at all sides. All sides. This is why I say this is too much for him. He should resign and, and peacefully go away. If he doesn't resign, these allegations, this investigation, uh, Stormy Daniels, these women, uh, a whole host of other criminal uh, behavior, con- uh, collusion, obstruction of obstruction of justice, all of this is just going to keep biting at him until he's out of there. He might as well resign. I don't see no way out for Donald Trump. I'm like Keith. Uh, Overman, I see no way out for Donald Trump in this scenario. I don't think he sees a way out. He might as well resign and save the taxpayer a lot of money in impeachment, uh, uh, in these investigations, because these investigations of, of Donald Trump, whether it's these women or whether it's criminal behavior, uh, obstruction of justice, collusion, uh, money laundering, all of this is is weighing on America and a taxpayer. He could do everybody a favor and just resign. Uh, we might get Mike Pence, but you know, in the investigation, once the investigation is done by special counsel, special counsel Bob Mueller, uh, Pence might be tied up in this too. Um, Mitch McConnell, Paul Ryan, they might be going to jail also. I'm pretty sure that uh, that uh, Mueller <laughs> is looking at everything. He's looking at everything. But the most important thing, I think Donald Trump should resign. I don't think he can dance out from under this. It's too much coming at him at once. And he's only one man. And I've heard Donald Trump say, well, he'll take the heat for this. He'll take the heat. This is not heat, Mr. Trump. This is fire. This is fire burning up your ass. And I don't see how you can just waltz out from under any of this stuff that's coming forward and that keeps on coming after you. Uh, It would be great if he resigned. I mean, not it would be great for the country. It would more likely and more importantly, I think it would be great for Donald Trump to resign to resign. Even if Donald Trump resigns or whether he's impeached, uh, he will still be held accountable for his behavior in office. I mean, he, let's say he resigns. That doesn't end 
that will not end Robert Mueller, Robert Mueller's investigation. That will not end the lawsuits coming from these ladies, the sexual lawsuits or the defamation uh, lawsuits that's coming from these ladies. It will still dog him, you know, but at least it will not bring the country down because he will have resigned. Uh, but I don't think he's going to resign. I don't think Donald Trump is going to resign. Why? Because he loves power. He loves power. He loves being in charge. He loves being the head uh, guy. But as president of the United States, he is not totally in charge. You have you have two other uh, legislature legis- legislative bodies uh, that are just as equal in power as he is as president. And that's the uh, judicial, and that's the legislative body, Congress. So he is not totally in charge, but he wants to be. He wants to be a leader. He wants to be president of li- for life. I, I, he wants to be president of, uh, for life. I think he alluded to that uh, a few weeks ago. You know, he wants to. In other words, I'm telling you, he doesn't give a damn what we think. He doesn't care what the hell we say. He doesn't care how we feel about him. He's coming after us. It, it, I've said this for months now that it's a war. Uh, it's a civil war with Donald Trump versus the American people. And that's what it is. He wants us. Why do he wants us? Why is he coming after the American people? Because he knows that we don't like him. He knows that we want him out of the White House. We knows He knows that we are we thinks he's a joke and he wants to fight back. He likes fighting back. Like, uh, for instance, um, his campaign uh, uh, was uh, tied to, linked to uh, Cambridge Analytic, a data firm that stole uh, data information on 50,000 50 million, I'm sorry, 50 million Facebook users. You might have heard about it. It's all over everywhere. Um, but he, yet he hasn't said anything about it. And they, Congress wants uh, Zuckerman's um, head for this. But they want to hold hearings with Zuckerman. What about with Donald Trump? This, I mean, <laughs> what about Donald Trump? Because his campaign and his campaign, Donald Trump, his campaign uh, was involved in stealing uh, our information, Facebook users, 50 million, 50 million. And, and, and the thing is, this company, Cambridge Analytic, they were bragging about how they helped Donald Trump win with our Facebook, with our Facebook information. It's all online, folks. You can check it out. Yet they want to crucify Zuckerman because Zuckerman failed to keep the individual, the members of Facebook information secure and safe. Uh, Yeah, they should question him. They should put Put, put fire on his ass because when we are online and on Facebook, we don't want anybody screwing around with our personal information, especially without our consent. 
and we never gave consent. And I'm saying we because I feel as though these people have my information because I am a regular Facebook user. And this firm or this company, and it has been reported, is tied to Donald Trump's campaign. And it seems and feels like something that the campaign of Donald Trump would do. Would do. It's a damn shame. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show. Trump, Trump, I said Trump. Uh, Trump loses bid to to dismiss, so he has to go to court. I don't know if this does this mean if he's going to court, but Trump thinks he because he Trump thinks because he's the president of the United States that he shouldn't step in court inside a courtroom. This is why Trump is always paying people off, settling out of court, right? Because he doesn't want to go inside of a courtroom in front of a judge because he feels he's the president of the United States and the president of the United States should be above the law. Anyway, Trump, the ruling could force Trump to submit to questioning by lawyers for a former apprentice con, a con, uh, contestant, sorry, accusing him of sexual harassment. There isn't a woman. I mean, Trump was once the president. He might still be the president of the Miss America pageant. And a lot of those women, they came out saying Trump bust into the rooms while they were dressing, grabbed them by their private parts, kissed them when they did not want to be kissed, groped them when they did not want to be groped. Trump has a lot to answer for, and Trump has denied it all. But as Americans, we were watching that uh, Access Hollywood tape where he said he grabbed women by their private parts. He was telling the truth. Now he's saying that that tape never exists. He didn't say it. But we all know that he did. Okay, a defamation lawsuit filed against U.S. President Donald Trump by a contestant on his former reality reality show, The Apprentice, who accused him of sexual harassment can proceed. That means that this suit against Donald Trump can go on. I don't think, but he's going to try and get to this. He's going to try to find a way to settle this out of court because he doesn't want to go to court. Um, But he may have to. A New York state judge ruled on Tuesday, raising the possibility of Trump being forced to answer questions about his behavior toward women. That means if he's being forced, that means if he should answer these questions, he will be under oath. And if he lies under oath, he can be jailed for perjury. Justice Jennifer Sinecki in the Manhattan Supreme Court said there was absolutely no authority to dismiss or stay a civil lawsuit by Summers, Summer Zorvos, Zorvos related purely to uh, unofficial conduct because Trump was the president. The ruling could force Trump to submit to questioning, but I'm pretty sure his lawyer is going to find a way to get him out of it. That's their job, to find, his, find their way to get him out of out of uh, uh, going to court and answering questions. They're going to try to find a way to get him out of it. But I'm going to tell you this. His lawyers cannot save his ass forever. You know, I mean, somebody's going to come up and say, hey, wow, this is this, that, this is this, that is that. you got to come and answer some of these questions. Okay, again, the, uh, the ruling could force Trump to submit to questioning by lawyers for Zorvos and lead to further public scrutiny 
of other claims of sexual misconduct that have been made against Donald Trump, and he's paid them off. A lot of a lot of these women say, "Hey, wow, uh, you know, uh, we want to get out of these uh, dis- disclosure disclosure agreements," and Trump is saying, "No, no." And uh, I think I believe there's something in those disclosure agreements that's saying if one of those ladies actually uh, spoke about anything, uh, any sexual conduct against Trump, that they could be uh, if they broke the contract. In other words, if they broke this. I'm assuming binding contract uh, that they would have to pay Trump a million dollars for breaking the contract, even though they just got a few hundred thousand to keep their mouth shut. So uh, I'm going to go right back and just say the same thing. I think Trump should resign. Too much is coming at him at once. It's like a freight train coming towards him. In every direction, a freight train is coming. He cannot escape or escape or dance out from under all of this. All of this. And it, I think if he resigns, he could save a little face. He could save some face. But if he it winds up getting impeached, uh, walking out of the White House in handcuffs, kicked out of office because of all of these freight trains coming at him at once, it's going to be embarrassing for America. It's going to be really, really embarrassing for him. But I'm pretty sure he's going to he's going to try to find a way to to skirt off from under this and blame it on America, blame it on everybody else. I don't give a damn who he blames in who he blames what on, as long as he leaves. The White House does not belong to Donald Trump. It does not belong to Kellyanne Conway. It does not belong to uh, Mike Pence. The White House belongs to Americans. Slaves built it. We built it. People who didn't have money, people who weren't billionaires and millionaires built the White House. He acts like the White House is his own personal playground. You know, I mean, hey, wow, he is the godfather. I mean, he's screaming and yelling and cursing and using foul language all over the place in the Oval Office. I mean, to me, that's trashing the White House. He denies all these things, but we know what Donald Trump is like. We know who he is. All right, you've been listening to the George Walter Jr. Show on Blog Talk Radio. Ah, it's still great to be back again, folks. Thanks for listening.
I understood early that Facebook was how Donald Trump was going to win. Twitter is how he talked to the people. Facebook was going to be how he won. I think Donald Trump won, <laughs> but I think Facebook is, was the method. It was the highway in which his car drove on. This week, we learned a little bit more about how your top source for baby pics and engagement photos turned into a political battleground. Facebook has banned Cambridge Analytica, a firm that ran the Trump campaign's data operations, after reports emerged that the firm accessed the private information of more than 50 million users without permission. Cambridge Analytica has been backed by Trump mega-donor Robert Mercer, and Steve Bannon was once its vice president. Last fall, special counsel Robert Mueller asked for the emails of any Cambridge Analytica employees who worked on the Trump campaign. In a series of interviews, former employee-turned-whistleblower Christopher Wiley described how the firm weaponized personal data to wage a culture war. We would know what kinds of messaging you would be susceptible to, including the framing of it, the topics, the contents, the tone, whether it's scary or not, that kind of thing. Websites will be created, blogs will be created, whatever it is that we think this target profile will be receptive to. We will create content on the internet for them to find. And then they see that and they click it and they go down the rabbit hole. In a statement to NBC News, Cambridge Analytica denied Wiley's claims. Joining me now, Natasha Bertrand, staff writer for The Atlantic, Gabriel Sherman, special correspondent for Vanity Fair, and Kurt Bardella, who's a former Breitbart media consultant. And I want to start by playing another bite um, from uh, Mr. Wiley, who spoke to The Guardian. Uh, and this is about how Cambridge Analytica went about gathering up all of your data. Take a look. If you joined the app... I would not just see your Facebook profile. I would see all of the Facebook profiles of everybody that you're friends with. We would only need to, to, to you know, touch a couple hundred thousand people to expand into their entire social network, which would then scale us to you know, most of America. Those profiles were used as the basis of the algorithms that became the foundation of Cambridge Analytica itself. You know, Gabriel, you know, this Mr. Wiley has said that in a sense, Cambridge Analytica developed psychographic mm -hmm. profiles of about 230 million Americans by extrapolating, mm -hmm. by saying this group of people said yes to mm -hmm. the app, downloaded it and gave their data. Yeah. But Facebook then gave the, all of their friends data mm -hmm. who didn't give permission. And so they're building these psych psychographic profiles and then using that to target you with just the thing that will get you yeah. to change your mind. Mm -hmm. This is psychological warfare. Yeah. How is it legal for this to be done through Facebook? Well, really, Joy, you raise a great point. I think the, the regulation is a complete gray area. It's the Wild West, as Facebook has slowly come to acknowledge. They're just happy to rake in the money from the advertising platform that they've created. And listen, the only way companies change, we know, they're not altruistic. They change either because their customers revolt or the government comes in and says, you can't do this. In the case of Facebook, unfortunately, the American people have decided even after all their data is being sold off and used against them, mm -hmm. they're still happy to use Facebook. So now this is making the case that the government needs to take some action. Yeah, and let's talk about what the, um, 
what the Trump campaign actually got out of Cambridge Analytica, um, and this is three from our producers, I didn't warn you in advance, under the guidance of Brad Parscale, who you just saw on the screen a little earlier, Cambridge performed a variety of services, former campaign officials said. It included designing target audiences for digital ads, fundraising appeals, modeling voter turnout, buying $5 million in television ads, and determining where Trump should travel to best drum up support. Brad Parscale, who used Cambridge Analytica to do these things, is now going to be running the 2020 Trump campaign. Uh, how worried should Americans be that their data is going to be manipulated and stolen again? Brad Parscale, who directed the data operation under the purview of Jared Kushner. Um, this is something Important. that adds a, an entirely new dimension to Mueller's investigation. It really raises questions about whether or not anything illegal was done during the election in terms of harvesting 50 million profiles off Facebook um, in order to target voters better. And I think that one aspect of this that's really, really interesting is that the person who created kind of who is the liaison between Cambridge Analytica and Facebook, who kind of helped develop this this software, for lack of a better word, to, right. to obtain this data was a Russian-American based in St. Petersburg. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, there has been, uh, of course, more reporting done on Cambridge Analytica's ties to Russia. We found out that as early as 2014, this Russian oil company was asking Cambridge Analytica, or SC group, the, the parent company, hey, how can we learn more about the political targeting of American voters? Yeah. And there was a lot of confusion surrounding why a Russian oil company wanted to know how to target voters uh, in the United States. So these ties go back really, uh, these ties to Russia go back and they have been vehemently denied yeah. by Cambridge Analytica. And if we can just show, go on. Okay, just one more point on that. I think there's a lot of speculation, this has not been corroborated, but that if somehow the Russian government or Russian state actors got a hold of the Trump campaign voter file and the psych graphic profiles that Cambridge Analytica had made, they could augment and amplify these messages by putting their bot army behind it, which sure. would be sort of a force multiplier of the Trump message. Yeah, absolutely. And let's just look at the sort of organizational chart of the ties between Cambridge Analytica and Trump World. Obviously, you have Robert Mercer and his daughter Becca, the big Trump donors who invested $15 million in Cambridge Analytica and are suspected of also meddling around and mucking around with Brexit as well through that company. Steve Bannon, who was the campaign chairman, who was on the board uh, of Cambridge Analytica. And then you had Michael Flynn. And that stands out to me. Michael Flynn, who was the former national security advisor for 27 days, was an advisor to Cambridge Analytica. We know he's also taking money uh, from the Kremlin sitting at a table with Vladimir Putin. Um, I want to go to one more little bite about what Chris Wiley said and come to Kurt Bidella on this, on what Bannon in particular wanted out of this relationship. Steve wanted weapons for his culture war. That's what he wanted. And that's, that's we, we offered him a way to accomplish what he wanted to do, which it, was which was changed the culture of America. And Kurt Bardella, having worked for Brian Barnett, worked with Bannon, changed the culture of America in what way and changed it into what? Well, I think Steve has talked oftentimes about his goal of destroying, deconstructing the administrative state in this country, of tearing down the pillars, whether it's free press, whether it's the mainstream media, establishment political parties. That's what his goal has been from all along, and he wants to use social media, Facebook, all these profiles and data to wage that war, to target people, to manip manipulate them, to advance the idea really of feeding them their brand of news, what we would probably call fake news, and, and infiltrate how they think. And but infiltrate, infiltrate how they, how they perceive think information. to turn people into what? What does he want people to believe he in? He wants them to be soldiers in his, in his army of disruption, of being of sailing against everything 
that is normal, everything that is establishment. He wants to use these people to amplify their extreme messages, their extreme rhetoric. I think the key thing that stands out here is the realization that this data, these 50 million profiles and information that, that Cambridge has, has clearly been shared with Bannon, with Breitbart, with the Trump campaign, that these profiles are out there, these data sets are out there. We don't know how far they go, who has control of them. Is, is, is Brad going to use them in this coming campaign? Because they haven't been destroyed. Yeah, indeed. And the other people that were, they were giving access to the same data to uh, were Russian oil companies. Um, we now have from the New York Times uh, that Luke Oil, a Russian oil company, was interested in how data could be used to target American voters. Here's the quote from Christopher Wiley. We're sending them stuff about political targeting. They come and ask more about political targeting. And he says that he added that Luke Oil just didn't seem to be interested in how the techniques could be used commercially. So now you have commercial Russian oil companies also wanting this data. Why in the world might they want that? Mm -hmm. Well, clearly, and as we know, in Russia, the, the state is intertwined with basically all big business in that country. So the idea that just an oil company would be interested in Cambridge Analytica, to me, that shows that the Russian state is interested in using these profiles against Americans. Yeah, and we also have, Natasha, um, news that from the Daily Beast that WikiLeaks is also connected to Cambridge Analytica in that Nix, who's the, one of the leaders of Cambridge Analytica, wrote in an email that he reached out to WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange about Hillary Clinton's missing 33,000 emails. So now we have one more connection. Right, and I would just add that there's a lot that we still don't know about the Trump campaign's data operation. There is, you know, there are a number of people that were connected to the campaign who were paid via, you know, LLCs and, and shell companies to conduct social media work. And we don't know still what the, what the, what the content of that social media work was. Mr. Trump, it's Dixon White here sending a video letter directly to you, sir. And the only reason I call you sir is because the office that you hold is supposed to be a respectable office. But so I just want to speak directly to you, Mr. Trump. I know you may never get this video. Maybe you will, though, because at least I have white skin like you. But first, I wanted to applaud you for one thing, and only one thing. Um, many racists in politics are very covert. So I applaud you for being an open racist, and I applaud you for at least letting us see just how racist you are. And it's now it's it's well established worldwide that you are a bona fide white supremacist. Um, there's not a nation that hasn't condemned you as a racist. So you have dishonored and disgraced one of the the highest office offices in the land. But I wanted to say one thing. You made a comment yesterday about shithole countries, poor, black, brown countries. So because they're poor, because they're black and brown and not white or European, you consider them shitholes. Well, I wanted to give you an accurate definition of a shithole nation. A shithole nation, by definition, would be a nation like America that allows and tolerates a racist to operate in their highest office, the presidency. That is a shithole nation. A nation that tolerates a racist president. There is no worse pile of shit or turd in the toilet out of all the other countries that a great nation like America that allows its president 
to be an open white supremacist and then to allow them to continue to function as president. That's the biggest turd in the pot, or as you say, the biggest shithole. Why? Because you, Mr. Trump, are the shit, the turd, in the White House that's staining and putting the foul odor all over our nation. And of course, the only reason you're there is because you're a racist. You're a complete and utter idiot with no competency whatsoever to be where you're at. The only reason you're there is because we had a black president and our racist nation wanted a racist president after a black president. So until America can get past its racism, which I don't know if it ever has, because there's one thing about black folks, Mr. Trump. Black folks have always understood one thing. The more things change in this country, the more they stay the same. You are living proof that any white person, no matter how racist they are, and matter of fact, racism is actually more of a compliment in this nation. It's like apple pie racism in America they go hand in hand if you're a white American you're a racist and you've and you've proven that and not only you're a racist if you're a racist you get rewarded for being a racist in this country why because we are a racist organization called America fact and nothing has changed in 400 years what has really changed we're still seeing black and brown folks executed in the street not that you and Jeff Sessions or any of your racist motherfucking cabinet care you don't give a fuck about justice for people of color. You're all a group of white nationalists. So I just want to tell you, here's one white guy, and I'm telling you personally, Donald Trump, kiss my white fat ass. I hate you, Donald Trump. I literally hate you. And I pray to God you get impeached. You're an embarrassment to our nation and upon the world. Please do us all a favor and resign. The only people that want you in office are more racist. And yes, I know that our country, the majority of white people are racist. And the majority of white people totally and completely support you. I really believe that. Because they're not supporting you, then they're silently ignoring your racism. But anyhow, please do us all a favor. In Congress, please act to remove this racist motherfucker and his racist administration or Congress is no better. Please remove this racist motherfucker from office. Ladies and gentlemen, the George Wilder Jr. Show has now arrived.
Okay, I'm hearing now that there's a, there are at least 19 more women who claim affairs with Donald Trump, accused him of they uh, affairs, or either they accused him of unwanted advances. Uh, as I've just got through looting, folks, I mean, Donald Trump should resign. It's too much coming at him at once. He's just, he's in the, he's in the hot seat. He's in the White House all by himself. His family doesn't live with him in the White House. Donald Trump is there all by himself. Even the, the White House staff are having, from what I'm hearing, having problems with Donald Trump. A lot of them want to go. A lot of them want to leave. They don't want to work for him. But they have no choice because um, no one else will hire them. No one else will hire them. And that's, I've read that in an article, that no one else will hire them. You know, so they're stuck there. Uh, Just think, if you're going on a job interview, you want to (laughs) be... You go on a job interview, any kind of job interview for any position, and you tell them that your last employment was at the White House with the, uh, with Donald Trump as president. What do you think going to happen? Especially, you know, Donald Trump is ruining the country, you know, so it's tough. I can, I can understand that. I, I can really understand it. So that's why, you know, this guy has messed up. He's messed up America. He wants to destroy it completely in the name of his uh, best friend, Vladimir Putin, who was elected to another term. And a lot of people are criticizing Donald Trump for congratulating him. They're, they're uh, uh, for congratulating him, you know, saying, hey, you want to, you know, and some of them have some uh, validation on that because uh, a lot of them feel Trump shouldn't have uh, praised Putin for winning because a lot of people feel that he cheated. He uh, uh, bullied his way back power. You know, he killed people, you know, where he is. And a lot of people said, why are you uh, um, celebrating uh, Putin's win? But this is who Donald Trump is. He wants to be Putin. He wants to be like Putin. Uh, there's a lot of graphic things on Facebook that Donald Trump is doing. I mean, a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of art, a lot of um, drawings, or, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> rated X, you know, with him doing certain things to Putin, you know. Uh, but there's no doubt about it. They are tight because Donald Trump don't want to say anything against Russia, even if Russia is complicit, even if everybody knows that Russia did it, but Donald Trump will not say Russia is guilty. Uh, there is something there. There is something he hiding. I mean, if you get all of these U.S. agencies on the same page uh, saying that Russia meddled into the 2016 election, which helped Trump uh, become president, you know, they're all Trump will not believe his FBI. He will not believe the CIA. He will not believe professionals and experienced people who are knowledgeable of this. And they have all kinds of uh, uh, technology to tell them that this is true. Trump, no, he can't take it. He won't uh, vote to do a damn thing. <laughs> he, you know, but it's all going to come out in the end on this guy. I, I, I almost kind of feel sorry for him. I've been bashing him forever, like so many other people. But um, 
he'd be best off if he resigned. This is coming at him too fast from all directions, from from so many outlets. This guy is going down one way or another, whether it's Stormy Daniels and the rest of these ladies uh, take him down, whether it's Mueller uh, taking him down for collusion, taking him down for obstruction of justice, taking him down for just being an asshole, taking him down for trying to destroy America, taking him down for uh, manuring on the uh, Constitution, not giving a damn about the Constitution, breaking laws, uh, doing business on White House property, on in in the White House, you know, uh, and probably um, uh, charges that we don't even know yet. But a lot of people are saying money laundering, money laundering, and that's a federal crime, especially when it's a sitting president. This is why Donald Trump, and I think one of the um, one of the um, um, representatives came out and said, "Donald Trump, why are you acting guilty? If you didn't do anything, like you say, said for a thousand times you did, you didn't do anything. Why are you still trying to obstruct justice? Why do you want to fire Mueller? Why are you in, in, injecting yourself into the investigation when you just just sit back?" And um, let it play out if you are innocent, as you always claim. Because there's no doubt about it. I mean, for the last (laughs) six or seven months, Donald Trump has been acting guilty. And if you're innocent, you don't act guilty. You know, I mean, you don't do uh, there. There was a lot of uh, if you watch a lot of videos online, sometimes on Saturday night, there's this program that comes on that's called Dumb Criminals, Dumb Criminals. <laughs> I think Donald Trump would fit right in because if you're uh, not if you're innocent, if you're innocent, he should probably say something like, well, I'm innocent. I've done nothing wrong. Let the investigation uh run its course, and I'm pretty sure there will be nothing found because I've done nothing wrong. No, but not Donald Trump. Fire Mueller. Fire McCabe. Fire everybody. Get them all out of here because they're, they're not lying good enough for me. They're not kissing my ass good enough. Uh, I need loyalty. I didn't do it, even though I know I did it, but I didn't do it. <laughs> so I think... Uh, with all of this coming at him, and it's coming at him fast, and there's probably more accusations and more lawsuits uh, derailed uh, in Donald's direction that a lot of us don't even know about until uh, the investigation is um, completed. And we don't know when that's going to happen. It might happen next week. It could happen uh, next year. We don't know because I'm pretty sure that Bob Mueller, the special prosecutor that's investigating everything i mean he's he's investigating everything not just the collusion or the obstruction he's co- he's talking to stormy daniels the porn star he's talking to a lot of people and he's just looking for crime in general committed by donald trump and his goons in the white house so and i've said this uh, i'm gonna say this again i think the guy should resign to save the taxpayer money to save save face for the united states don't take us down this sewer hole with him, uh, you know, I, I just think he should resign. And just uh, a lot of people are saying, no, 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 he shouldn't resign. He should go to prison, go to jail. Yeah, I think that too. But, you know, but still in all, even if he resigns, 
you know, um, and probably admit guilt. I mean, he's already admitted guilt. I mean, whatever it is, we don't know what he's done. We speculate a lot of things he's done, but whatever he's done, he sure did it <laughs> because he's acting like someone who is guilty. And that's why I say he probably should be on this program that comes on, I think, every once in a while called Dumb Criminals. He'll fit right right in. And, uh, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show, 655. It's election night in the city of Chicago. Yeah, a lot of people are running. Uh, we voted, you know, uh, and um, we hope you voted. If you're listening and you're in the city of Chicago and you have not voted, you got about five minutes before the <laughs> You got about five minutes before the polls close, so you're gonna have to rush to get there, folks. Um, but if you voted, great, beautiful, wonderful. I'm thinking that a majority of the people in the city of Chicago have voted, and congrats for doing so. Uh, take a part, take part in your government, take part in your country, your community, your city, your town. Take it back from the thugs, the crooks, the criminals, uh, the the liars. You know, take back your 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 everything and vote for people who have the same ideas who want the same for the country as you do i'm not telling you who to vote for all i'm doing is saying vote for people who have your interest at heart not theirs but yours and um i think we can do something if we can do that make sure you vote for people who have your interest at heart not their, not their own, because there are so many people out here who will lie to you in a minute, making you think that they're going to do everything for you when they're out for themselves. You have to watch those kind of politicians because they're out there. Women, men, they will lie like dogs to get your vote. But you have to kind of do some vetting. You got to do some research. You just can't give your vote to somebody who has a nice smile or they look pretty or or he sounds so nice, he's, I'm going to get his vote. Or he's going to do so much for me once I vote for him. You better watch your butt. That's not always the case. You know, people, like a lot of these folks are running. They're running to get reelected. They're running for a job to get a paycheck. So they're going to say everything that they can that they think you want to hear. But once their asses get in office, they're going to be, become bought off by the NRA uh, uh, you, you you never know, you know, change your mind, uh, vote with the Republicans. You never know. Take money. It, you have to, uh, they'll promise you the world just so they can get a good job. I mean, they have to pay their house note. They have to pay their car note. They have to have bills of their own. They want to send their kids to college. They're trying to get a secure job by by bullshitting you. Make sure you do your homework when you go out here and vote for these people. I want to thank everybody once again for voting in the city of Chicago because I know you did the right thing. There's no doubt about it. I know you did the right thing, and thanks, everybody, for voting. Now we're just, sitting, now we're just going to sit back and wait for uh, the results, okay, the results. And if you have not voted, then you, only, you have about two minutes, two minutes, at least uh, by my clock here. You have about two minutes, and... Uh, I don't know. It's just so exciting to, uh, uh, to that the results will be uh, tallied, and we're going to hear about uh, hear hear about what's going on uh, in the in the city of Chicago uh, voting voting, and a lot of people are going to be voting against Donald Trump. When you vote against Donald Trump, you <laughs> uh, the opponent uh, probably will surely lose. Uh, you know, so. 
Thanks for voting, everybody. If you haven't voted, I don't know what to say. wanted was a much-deserved promotion, and he told me to get up on the desk and spread them. All the men in my office wrote down on a piece of paper the sexual favors that I could do for them. All I had asked for was an office with a window. I asked for his advice about how I could get a bill out of committee. He asked me if I brought my knee pads. Those are just a few of the horrific stories that I heard from women over the last year as I've been investigating workplace sexual harassment. And what I found out is that it's an epidemic across the world. It's a horrifying reality for millions of women when all they want to do every day is go to work. Sexual harassment doesn't discriminate. You can wear a skirt, hospital scrubs, army fatigues. You can be young or old, married or single, black or white. You can be a Republican, a Democrat, or an independent. I heard from so many women, police officers, members of our military, financial assistants, actors, 
engineers, yeah, lawyers, bankers, accountants, teachers, journalists. Sexual harassment, it turns out, is not about sex. It's about power and about what somebody does to you to try and take away your power. And I'm here today to encourage you to know that you can take that power back. On July 6, 2016, I jumped off a cliff all by myself. It was the scariest moment of my life, an excruciating choice to make. I fell into an abyss all alone, not knowing what would be below. But then something miraculous started to happen. Thousands of women started reaching out to me to share their own stories of pain and agony and shame. They told me that I became their voice. They were voiceless. And suddenly I realized that even in the 21st century, every woman still has a story. Like Joyce, a flight attendant supervisor whose boss in meetings every day would tell her about the porn that he'd watched the night before while drawing penises on his notepad. She went to complain. She was called crazy and fired. Like Joanne, Wall Street banker, her male colleagues would call her that vile C-word every day. She complained, labeled a troublemaker, never to do another Wall Street deal again. Like Elizabeth, an army officer, her male subordinates would wave one-dollar bills in her face and say, dance for me. And when she went to complain to a major, he said, what, only one dollar? You're worth at least five or ten. After reading, replying to all, and crying over all of these emails, I realized I had so much work to do. Here are the startling facts. One in three women that we know of have been sexually harassed in the workplace. 71% of those incidences never get reported. Why? Because when women come forward, they're still called liars and troublemakers and demeaned and trashed and demoted and blacklisted and fired. Reporting sexual harassment can be, in many cases, career-ending. Of all the women that reached out to me, almost none are still today working in their chosen profession, and that is outrageous. I, too, was silent in the beginning. It happened to me at the end of my year as Miss America, when I was meeting with a very high-ranking TV executive in New York City. I thought he was helping me throughout the day, making a lot of phone calls. We went to dinner, and in the back seat of a car, he suddenly lunged on top of me and stuck his tongue down my throat. I didn't realize that to get into the business, silly me, he also intended to get into my pants. And just a week later, when I was in Los Angeles, meeting with a high-ranking publicist, it happened again, again in a car. And he took my neck in his hand, and he shoved my head so hard into his crotch, I couldn't breathe. 
These are the events that suck the life out of all of your self-confidence. These are the events that until recently I didn't even call assault. And this is why we have so much work to do. After my years, Miss America, I continued to meet a lot of well-known people, including Donald Trump. When this picture was taken in 1988, nobody could have ever predicted where we'd be today. <laughs> Me, fighting to end sexual harassment in the workplace. He, President of the United States, in spite of it. And shortly thereafter, I got my first gig in television news in Richmond, Virginia. Check out that confident smile with the bright pink jacket. Not so much the hair. I was working so hard to prove that blondes have a lot of brains. But ironically, one of the first stories I covered was the Anita Hill hearings in Washington, D.C. And shortly thereafter, I too was sexually harassed in the workplace. I was covering a story in rural Virginia. And when we got back into the car, my cameraman started saying to me, wondering how much I had enjoyed when he touched my breasts when he put the microphone on me, and it went downhill from there. I was bracing myself against the passenger door. This was before cell phones. I was petrified. I actually envisioned myself rolling outside of that door as the car was going 50 miles per hour, like I'd seen in the movies, and wondering how much it would hurt. When the story about Harvey Weinstein came to light, one of the most well-known movie moguls in all of Hollywood, the allegations were horrific. But so many women came forward, and it made me realize what I had done meant something. He had such a lame excuse. He said he was a product of the 60s and 70s, and that that was the culture then. Yeah. That was the culture then, and unfortunately, it still is. Why? Because of all the myths that are still associated with sexual harassment. Women should just take another job and find another career. Yeah, right. Tell that to the single mom working two jobs, trying to make ends meet, who's also being sexually harassed. Women, they bring it on themselves by the clothes that we wear and the makeup that we put on. Yeah, I guess those hoodies that Uber engineers wear in Silicon Valley are just so provocative. Women make it up. Yeah, because it's so fun and rewarding to be demeaned and taken down. I would know. Women bring these claims because they want to be famous and rich. Our own president said that. I bet Taylor Swift. One of the most well-known and richest singers in the world didn't need more money or fame when she came forward with her groping case for one dollar,、yeah, and I'm so glad she did. Breaking news: the untold story about women and sexual harassment in the workplace. Women just want a safe, welcoming, and harass-free environment. That's it. So how do we go about getting our power back?
I have three solutions. Number one, we need to turn bystanders and enablers into allies. 98% of United States corporations right now have sexual harassment training policies. 70% have prevention programs. But still, overwhelmingly, bystanders and witnesses don't come forward. In 2016, the Harvard Business Review called it the bystander effect. And yet, remember 9-11. Millions of times we've heard, if you see something, say something. Imagine how impactful that would be if we carried that through to bystanders in the workplace regarding sexual harassment, to recognize and interrupt these incidences, to confront the perpetrators to their face, to help and protect the victims. This is my shout-out to men. We need you in this fight. And to women, too, enablers to allies. Number two, change the laws. How many of you out there know whether or not you have a forced arbitration clause in your employment contract? Not a lot of hands. And if you don't know, you should. And here's why. Time magazine calls it right there on the screen the teeny tiny little print in contracts that keeps sexual harassment claims unheard. Here's what it is. Forced arbitration takes away your Seventh Amendment right to an open jury process. It's secret. You don't get the same witnesses or depositions. In many cases, the company picks the arbitrator for you. There are no appeals, and only 20% of the time does the employee win. But again, it's secret, so nobody ever knows what happened to you. This is why I've been working so diligently on Capitol Hill in Washington, D.C. to change the laws, and here's what I tell the senators. Sexual harassment is apolitical. Before somebody harasses you, they don't ask you if you're a Republican or Democrat first. They just do it, and this is why we should all care. Number three, be fierce. It starts when we stand tall, and we build that self-confidence, and we stand up and we speak up, and we tell the world what happened to us. I know it's scary, but let's do it for our kids. Let's stop this for the next generations. I know that I did it for my children. They were paramount in my decision-making about whether or not I would come forward. My beautiful children, my 12-year-old son, Christian, my 14-year-old daughter, Kaya. And boy, did I underestimate them. The first day of school last year happened to be the day my resolution was announced, and I was so anxious about what they would face. And my daughter came home from school, and she said, Mommy, so many people asked me what happened to you over the summer. And then she looked at me in the eyes, and she said, And Mommy, I was so proud to say that you were my mom. And two weeks later, when she finally found the courage to stand up to two kids who'd been making her life miserable, she came home to me and she said, Mommy, I found the courage to do it because I saw you do it.
Trump is uh, maybe deposed in the Apprentice Broken lawsuit. This guy, uh, as busy as Donald Trump is being president, he can't afford a former Apprentice contestant defamation lawsuit. He can't avoid a, a form. A judge says he cannot avoid this lawsuit, defamation of character lawsuit. He can't avoid it. Okay. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's going to try it. <laughs> With his, I'm pretty sure he's going to try it. He's going to use his lawyers and try to find out how he can get out of this, just like he's trying to get out of a face-to-face uh, meeting with Mueller to answer questions, uh, uh, tons of questions. Uh, Mueller has even sent the questions that he's going to be asking Donald Trump to the White House. And I'm pretty sure the... Um, his lawyers and his, his handlers, his aides are tr- telling him how to answer each one so he doesn't uh, perjure himself. But Donald Trump, as I've always alluded to, Donald Trump always is going to be Donald Trump. He could lose it, you know, at the meeting and just attack Mueller. And if he attacks Mueller physically, because sometimes it sounds like he hates Mueller so bad, Bob Mueller. And it appears that he didn't even know that Mueller was a Republican because he he was saying that on Mueller's team were lots of Democrats. There were lots of Democrats. But the man who is investigating him for everything is a Republican. I wonder if he knew that because he, he kept on trying to say, this is one-sided. This is a partisan. Uh, that every majority of the people that's trying to convict him are Democrats. B.S. Donald Trump. B.S. Uh, Mueller, who's trying to, who's going to take you down, is a Republican. A majority of the Republicans are saying, "Leave him alone." Mueller is a Republican. He's probably sad. Of, he's probably sad about that right now. But he is a registered Republican. And and Donald Trump, uh, that's not going to hold any water with anybody because the Republicans, even evil ass uh, Mitch McConnell, is saying, "Hey, wow, Mueller's not going anywhere." Paul Ryan, Mueller's not going anywhere. Donald Trump doesn't like that. Uh, he's feeling the Republicans are turning on him. They're not protecting him like he wants them to. They can't protect you if you've committed crimes. Because they will be accessories to the fact and they could go to jail. Donald Trump doesn't know that. He should because he has all those lawyers around him every day. But I'm pretty sure he's going to do things the way he wants to do them because he's Donald Trump. Donald Trump is 71 years old, 72 years old, something like that. He will be 72. And he's acting like a nine-year-old, three-year-old child. And, And... and I think that, um, as I've said, all of these trains coming towards him and from all directions, I don't think he gonna, he's going to escape everything. You know, I, I think he'll get, get out from under some of them, but he will not, like uh, Keith Olbermann said, on, said um, he cannot escape all of them. You know, so this is why I say he should resign. Save America by resigning. It would be so much easier than uh, kicking him out of the White House or impeaching him or 
he ends up going to jail. That's going to make America look really, really bad. That's why I say he should resign. But I, I don't think he will resign, even though he should, because I believe he wants to hang on to power. He uh, he wants to destroy America in the name of Russia. I mean, Putin, I mean, that that's his man. That's his guy. He he won't say anything, no matter how, how much he's criticized uh, for being too close to a rogue dictator, a possible murderer. He could have uh, rigged the election in his favor in Russia. Who knows? You know, and but Donald Trump will not say anything against Russia. He will not even implement those sanctions that were signed by both of the houses um, for this. For this, you know, so we just have to see where it goes. I mean, the in next week, or it can end uh, after the and that's putting a lot of people uh, in jeopardy because Donald Trump could wreck. He could wreck. He could totally wreck America by that time because he wants to do everything he can to wreck America. He wants to wreck America because he knows America does not want him as president and he's trying to fight back he's trying to fight back fight back because this is totally a war against americans see how he's treating the fbi see how he's firing people left and right see how he's lying every day this is all war against america he wants to cut food stamps he wants to cut medicare he wants to cut so many things that people need to live on because he needs money to get his stupid wall, which I don't think is ever going to be built. You know, I don't think there's anything whatsoever in uh, building a wall. Nobody is not talking about it, but who knows what the Republicans might be doing while we're thinking, while Donald Trump is distracting us. Well, we have to learn how not to be distracted. But Donald Trump is the president, and words matters, action matters. Um, scandals matters, his lies matters. We have to focus on those. But while we're being focused on that, the Republicans are cutting our necks. And uh, that should not happen. Hey there, friends and fans. This is George Wilder Jr. of the George Wilder Jr. Show. (laughs) I want you to enjoy my fictional writings located on Amazon and elsewhere. Uh, the website is www.amazon.com slash author slash G Wilder or, or go to the Amazon website and type my name in the text bar above to either order or download a book, a story, essays, novels, novelettes, whatever you want to do. And I want to thank you very much for that. And as always, good reading. This is George Wilder Jr. And keep listening. There's always more to come. All right. Thank you, everybody. All right. Uh, it's 723. Um, we've got about six or seven more minutes left into the show here. And it's been fun. It's been a gas. And uh, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. And thanks to you for your comments, if you should leave some. I haven't seen one yet, but I got to go check them. There might be many of them. Um, yeah, it's, six, it's 724 p.m. Um, Chicago time. And as I've said before, this is election night. I mean, in the city of Chicago. It, and some people are saying it, it's 
a referendum on Trump or or something that it's going to reverberate around America, what happens in Chicago tonight. Uh, it could be. It, it could have some of those um, echo effects around America. You know, it's it's nice to know that Chicago is is in the national news um, in a positive sense, sort of, you know, instead of uh, – yeah, and there was another school shooting. I should have mentioned that. There was another school shooting, but um, and people were shot. But I'm hearing that a school officer took down the teenage shooter. We're going to get have more on that tomorrow on the George Wilder Jr. show, but there was another school shooting, and that's pathetic. And that's pathetic. The Republicans will not do anything about gun control. States can do what they can if a lot of them uh, have the balls to do that, but it ne- this needs to be done at a federal level, and yet we uh, don't have that because we still uh, uh, they're still bought off and paid for and doing what the uh, uh, NRA wants them to do. It is a lot of Republicans are totally afraid of the NRA. Wow! Instead of being afraid of what the voters going to do to them. In this election, in the midterms, they're more afraid of the NRA. Wow. All right. Anyway, thanks for listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show. We got about three to two or three minutes left into the show. And um, I want to thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Thank you for podcasting the show. It's been a blast. And I just love doing what I'm doing. And you guys out there have a great evening. Have a great weekend. Whichever comes first, the George Wilder Jr. Show is just about off the air. Wow, didn't have anything ever. Heaven help the child who never had a home. Heaven help the girl who walks the streets alone. Heaven help the roses if the bombs begin to fall. Heaven help the black man if he struggles one more day. Heaven help the white man if he turns back away. Heaven help the man who kicks the man as a crow.